You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. I think it's the most important time for the church to be the church. I think it's the most important time for us to learn how to support each other. I think it's the most important time for us to be the fruit of when Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples by the love that you have for each other. Like we, we are meant, we are called to be identified by the way that we support and love each other, right? It is, I think it's the most important time to be alive right now. I'm sure people have gone before me and said the same thing for their time. Whatever, that's them. This is now, right? Whatever. This, I feel, is so important. Because, because there's, been, there's been a lot of time of the land flowing with milk and honey. And, and, it's, and it hasn't been easy, but there, it's just, it has been easier to live in our country and in the world. And now the church is in this time where we're being squeezed and this is what happens. When you get squeezed, what's inside comes out, right? You know what's inside you when you're squeezed. On the mountaintop, good stuff's easy to come out, right? Because the mountaintop doesn't really squeeze, right? The mountaintop's like a partial squeeze on the dish sponge, right? But if you really squeeze that sponge, you'll see what's inside, right? Like the color changes of the water that comes out of it. You're like, ew, gross. Well, the church is being squeezed right now, and, and, and really, unfortunately, there is some gross coming out. And, uh, and I think some of that's good, that it needs to come out, but I think that we need a, a spark or a kick in the butt or something. And so this morning, I want to challenge us because, well, first, let's start with this. Put all politics aside, our president stood up in front of our country right before the new year, and said, get ready, because this is going to be a year of sickness and death. Yeah, that's real life. Like, that's real life. He, he really said it. I didn't believe it. And then I saw the video, and I was like, what? And my wife and I and our family, we did not receive it. Like, we didn't be like, oh, no, he said it. Now it's going to happen, right? Like, we were like, whatever. <laughs> but we've been sick since January 1st. I did not receive that. What? 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 Yeah, it was like Merry Christmas. This is what you can expect if you haven't if you haven't got the vaccine. Then this is what you can expect. It was the leader of our country and maybe the free world speaking a curse over our country. You put your politics aside. There is an evil agenda, and sometimes men partner with it with their words. And I can tell you this, people under authority or people with authority when they speak there's authority on their words and so to take that lightly would be stupid for us is that too harsh and so I was convicted because we're sitting there sick and I'm like Ugh. I mean I got some testimonies like my 94 year old grandfather went in on a ventilator and they're like oh it looks really really bad for weeks it looks really really bad and then he just recovered and now he's out and they've taken him off his oxygen and he's doing well and he's exercising it's like Phenomenal, right? And my father-in-law, Tom Roan, who's a freaking champion in the kingdom, is sitting in ICU right now in Florida because he's got COVID pneumonia and he can't keep his oxygen up. And it just ticks me off right now. So I, wanna, I want to make you mad this morning. <laughs> like a righteous anger needs to rise up in the church. The first thing that we need to do, and we're going to do it all together as I... <laughs> I just feel like every cough is an eviction notice to the devil. Like, you're, it's coming out, right? Like, uh. 
And, uh, but this morning, I think we need to do something. I think that every single adult in this, oh, everybody, and it doesn't matter your age, but I, I felt like the Lord convicted my heart to, to do this, that every single adult, if you're a believing adult, then every single one of us need to, out of our mouth, declare that that curse that was spoken is broken, that it has no power, and we need to send it back where it belongs. You know, Jesus took every curse upon himself. You know what he did with it? He took it into the grave, but that wasn't far enough. Then he went into hell, and he pushed every curse down into hell, and he grabbed the keys to life and victory, and he brought those back up. So every curse that is spoken is a curse. The Bible says a curse without cause cannot land. It's like a fleeting sparrow. Every curse spoken is a curse without cause because every curse has been taken on our Savior who got complete victory. And so this morning, can we stand up and can we break the curse, not just off our nation, but personally off yourself, off your family, off your friends, because that's exactly what that was. So this morning, let's just all declare this. This morning, we declare that that curse has no power, that it does not belong, it has no cause, it cannot land, me and my family are immune to the words that were spoken. We speak health and wholeness and life and life more abundant over ourselves, our nation, and our world right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. I like you guys. I like this group because you're just ready to do things. It's fun. But how stupid was that, right? So put all that aside. Um, I, I don't know if you believe the same way I believe, but I believe that this sickness was man-made. I believe that it was man-released. So we don't need to argue about that. It's whatever. Either way, it's still a sickness, and it's still happening. So I believe that it was man-made. I believe that it was man-released. I think it was coupled with a demonic agenda, and I think that it was released purposely with evil in mind. And so, uh, what better group of people, I mean, CDC, all, whatever, they're doing their jobs, right? And the medical community, beautiful. They're doing their jobs. But what better group of people to stand in the face of something that has a demonic agenda than the church? It's not time to cower. It's not time to sit down. It's not time to be comfortable. It's not time to cozy up. Like, it's time to stand up and be powerful. It's time to stand up and be a voice. It's time to stand up and declare. Listen, Jesus walked the face of the planet. The man at the gatherings that was filled with demons, they didn't negotiate whether or not they had to leave. Like, the demons, when they saw Jesus, they just were like, please send us into pigs or something. Because they knew, like, there wasn't, like, going to be any negotiation of whether or not they had to leave. They just were, like, trying to negotiate how they got to leave, right? Because they saw him, and he's all authority, right? That's just how it is. Like, people waited by the pool of Bethesda to jump in the water because an angel may stir the water, right? And you could get healed. And then Jesus walks in. And the waters inside of him are always stirred, right? Like, like this, Jesus, the authority that Jesus had, we, we, we read the, the story of the storm, and he's in the boat, and the disciples are freaking out, and they're going to die, right? And he's like, how long must I be with you? He walks up to the face of the boat, and he says, peace be still, which sounds like very peaceful and very, but I have this picture in my mind that it was very violent. 
because the sea was being violent and the disciples were feeling like under its power. But when all authority stepped up, I believe that there was a storm that raged inside of him that made the puppy dog storm in front of him go and sit down, you know? Like, we have this dog, his name's Cruz, and he's not, he's not very bright. And also, he bites people and whatever, so he's got some corks, right? <laughs> so we keep him away from the general public. And, uh, but I'll tell you this. So my family, like there's certain members of my family that um, he'll listen to sometimes, but when he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to, and he just doesn't. But, but he, he listens to me all the time because in his life, I'm the alpha male, right? So the other day I came around the corner and he was getting into something he shouldn't, and I didn't even have to say a word. He looked up, put his head down, walked up to me and sat down and just looked at me. And that is the picture I have when Jesus walked up to the front of the boat. Like everything bows at the feet of Jesus. So that storm sat down and shut up because it saw all authority standing in front of it. And it knew like, just like Cruz, like, oh, oops, I just need to sit down right now, right? Like, and that's what Cruz did. He just walked up to me, tail between his legs and sat down. And I'm like, you know better. And I walked off, you know, he's a poor guy. Like he's just like shaming himself the rest of the day. I'm like, you're okay. You're okay, <laughs> you know? But he's, and I, that's what I picture with the storm. It's time for us to, not just agree with the fact that Jesus is powerful, but we need to agree with the fact that we've been commissioned. We are on a mission with him to see everything that is uh, uh, an ad, not an adversary, he doesn't have an adversary, but everything that goes against the perfect will of heaven that's happening on this earth to sit down and shut up and the will of heaven to rise up in earth and on earth as it is in heaven. So it's time to stand up, church. Like, it's time to come alive. Listen, we do... Uh, I'm getting excited now. My energy's coming back. I love this. Come on. It's good. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's so true. Um, we do a thing called two-word check-ins in second year for our school. And so two-word check-in is, you know, it, it's, it, we don't have time every night to sit down and go through everybody's life and be like, that would be wonderful, but, like, really, it, it would just take every night, right? And um, so we do two-word check-ins. So you pick two words to describe how you're doing, two-word check-in. And then it gives your pastor an idea of where you're at, and they can follow up with you. And um, I'll tell you this. Our, our class is amazing. And we got some people that are just like, there are two words you just know it's going to be like, like Donovan, for example. Uh, blessed and excited, you know, like he's just doing good all the time. It's wonderful. I love that, Donovan. But some, uh, maybe a majority of our two-word check-ins for the last few times have been like, they've all kind of sounded the same, like tired or exhausted or feeling a little lonely or things like that. And I'll tell you this, it's not just, it's not just our students in the school. Like we've created an environment in the school where everybody's honest and vulnerable and uh, you know, and it's beautiful. And so we get honest two-word check-ins, which <laughs> give the two-word check-ins meaning, right? Um, but I'll tell you this, I've got people that, you know, we mentor people, we pastor people, we have people reach out in our Facebook inbox. I just FaceTimed a young man from Australia, um, you know, that's dealing with some stuff. And um, so we hear from people all over the place. And I can tell you that those two-word check-ins don't represent a small group of people in a school. Those two-word check-ins represent, like, people all over the place right now. Not just that, but, like, mental health. Like, I'm telling you this, like, they're... they're this thing going on has a demonic agenda. 
The devil's job is to kill, steal, and destroy. Listen, he'll kill you. He'll kill you if he can, right? Like he's he's game for that. But like at the end of the day, I think he's just as satisfied if he just gets you to shut up, or gets you to start to agree, or gets you to be afraid, or you you know why? Because then you're not part of the fight anymore. Like you're not part of you're you're not you're not. <laughs> You're not agreeing with victory, you're agreeing with, oh man, you know, oh man. And, and things are scary, and there's reports that come out that make things scary, and they, they're very real, and I'm not saying COVID's not real. Like, I know, I'm not, <laughs> I know, right? Been there, done that. Got the bumper sticker and the, like, natural immunity, apparently, six times better than anything else. <laughs> but, but, yeah, they came out and said it, right? But there's a demonic agenda, and it's affecting people in, in, in a gamut of ways. And so people are dealing with stuff. And, and I'm no stranger to mental health issues like depression. I, I've dealt with depression my entire life. And it has, has been stronger at times and, and weaker at times. And I've had some times where I don't notice it. And I had two years right before I moved here that was hell. I mean, full on hell. And so I'm no stranger to it. And so, but I can tell you this. This agenda is not just to get you in that place, but it's to isolate you in that place. So you don't have any strength. And it's to pull you away from the things that you know serve you well, like spending time in the presence of God. Like, like there's, there's, there's an agenda to keep your eyes off your strength and keep your eyes on your fears and your disappointments and all these things. And it, guys, we can't agree with it. Like we cannot agree with it. The one thing that helps me the most when I'm feeling like, because depression is a weird thing, right? Like I'm, I'm I'm pretty good, you know, like, I don't, I'm pretty good. I, I would say that, like, yeah, I'm pretty good. But then I would have these times where it felt like my balloon popped and everything inside of me would go, Ugh. and I just felt like I couldn't go anymore. I felt like I was done and I wanted to be done, right? And I can tell you the thing that helped me the most, like, this is truth and this is across the board, universal key. I'm about to say it right now. The universal key, the thing that helped me the most was me just waiting patiently on the Lord because I couldn't hear him real loud like his voice wasn't coming through the speakers like booming you know like when when you're on the mountaintop and his voice is booming and then there's other times you're like why well, I just can't hear from the Lord well I personally think it's because everything else gets really loud I don't think he gets quieter I think everything else gets really loud and I personally have a hard time sometimes not listening to the other things right and so I would just get in his presence and I didn't have a pre- determined way of what it was supposed to look like or what he was supposed to sound like. If I didn't feel anything, it's okay. I knew he was present. And if I didn't hear anything, I had to, I had to be okay with that because I knew he was present. And so it was the position of my heart to wait patiently on the Lord. In fact, let me read this to you. Psalm 40. Me and uh, a couple friends, Bronson being one of them, and Grambo, one of my other friends, uh, we, we were looking at this verse this week, or this chapter this week, Psalm 40. And the very first verse of Psalm 40 is this. This is, this is a key. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. Listen, I waited patiently on the Lord, and he, 
inclined his ear to me and heard my cry. The first key that we need to know right now in this time is the presence of God is your lifeline. It is your fullness of life. Like his presence is not this weird mystic cloud. It is the presence of the Father. Like the Father being present. His presence is him being present. He's here, right? And so spending time in the presence aligns your spirit and soul with the kingdom of heaven because the king is present. Who you spend time with. This is, this is a real statistic. The top five people in your life are pretty much a mashed up conglomeration of you, who you'll turn into, right? So who are you spending time with? Because if you spend time with him, you start looking like him. You start thinking like him. You start carrying peace like him. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, when he walked up to the front of the boat, he said, peace be still. He released what was inside of him. We are called right now in this moment in history to release what's inside of us. The only way you're going to release the kingdom is if you're resting in it. Like rest with the king. And so I don't look for shakes and goosebumps and, and you know, those kind of Wonderful. God, if you want to sit on me, I will gladly accept. Like I do what you will. But it doesn't always look like that. It doesn't always look like conference moments. It doesn't always look like Benny Hinn hitting you with his jacket, right? <laughs> yeah, do it, Chris. Do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't always look like that. Sometimes it looks like still and quiet. Sometimes it looks like me sitting there long enough that everything else exhausts itself and shuts up. Sometimes it looks like me not talking. Sometimes it just looks like patience. Other times it looks like David. Like he inclined his ear and heard my cry. It looks like I'm going to cry out and I'm going to complain and I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be vulnerable because he's not scared of any of those things, right? Like he gladly embraces a heart. I believe that's what the key of David was. The key of David was David saw God as someone who he could commune with and have relationship rather than this distant king up on a throne that he just needed to be obedient to, right? Because David honestly was a screw up. But he was a man after God's own heart. And what was that? God's own heart with us has constantly been relationship. And we've always said, but we want a king. And he's been like, but I want relationship. And he gives us what we want. But we spend time in the presence of God, and guess what it does? It's like Chris talked about. That's called strengthening yourself in the, in the Lord. And the second thing is this. Community is life also. Like, there is strength that is found in community. Because you know why? Like, when you're weak and the people around you are strong, then guess what? You get some strength that you didn't have because people come around you. We talk about being a family. The way that this works is we, we've got to start, like, upping our compassion for each other. You'll be, you'll, they'll know you're my disciples by the love you have for each other. Like, we have to start putting in our priority list to take a little bit extra time to be there for each other if this is really going to be family. This is the most important time, I believe, in history, and the church has got to get these two things. Like, we've got to be a people of his presence because we're transformed in his presence. Like, lies, they just don't have the power in his presence. But outside of the awareness of his presence, because I'm not going to say outside of his presence, because there's no such thing. He's omnipresent, right? So you can't go anywhere. David said, I could go into Shoal, and there you are, right? Like, even the darkness is light to God, so you can't go to a dark place, and you're like, oh, no, God's not here. And I know people think that about their workplace sometimes. You're like, you know, God's definitely not there. Well, 
probably perspective, because he's omnipresent. So I won't say you're outside of the presence of God, but when we become unaware of his presence, like we're outside of the awareness of his presence, then you start to listen to other things. And it makes you weaker. It dumbs you down. It dilutes you. And it just pours a little bit of water on your fire. But when we can prioritize the presence in our life, then it is strength to us. I mean, it is, it is he put a new song in my mouth of praise to my God. It is a love song rises up inside of us instead of the complaining song, right? Like instead of all the things. So the two things I want to encourage you this morning is this. His presence transforms you. You are meant to be in him, to be found in him. Like his presence is your natural habitat. I've talked about that before. His presence is everything. So if you're not hearing, it's okay. It doesn't mean he's not talking. It just means maybe you just need to spend some time there. If you're not feeling it, it's okay. Guess what? Feelings are not president. And I don't mean president of the United States. I mean, in your life, feelings don't determine reality. Feelings are a dimly lit room with some cloudy mirrors, and sometimes they're kind of right, and sometimes they're real wrong, but we feel them, and so they're just things we need to, you know, kind of break down with the Lord and walk through with the Lord, but the reality is the truth of what he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He is closer than your skin. He is omnipresent. He goes nowhere, right? He does not turn his back on you. He turned his back on Jesus so that he would never have to, on the cross, so that he would never have to turn his back on any of us ever. Like Jesus took all of the bad, and that was one of the worst things for God to do this. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? He did it so that we would never have to experience that. Like Jesus experienced the worst thing that could ever happen, the presence of the Father being pulled away. He experienced that. He went through hell so that you would never have to. So the presence of God is transforming, and he is always available, and he is always present, and he is always here, and he is always listening, and he's not too busy. He lives in this realm called eternity. He is not confined to time and space. So he's not too busy doing it. Well, he's got bigger things to worry about. No, like he's real good at it, and it's real easy for him. It's not work. He doesn't work. He rests in his job, right? And so in his presence, we find peace. In his presence, we find joy. In his presence, we find acceptance. In his presence, we find love, and we learn love. In his presence, we find compassion for each other and ourselves. I mean, some of you in here need to forgive yourself this morning. Like, that would be one of the biggest things you can do today. But this is what we're going to do. I'm going to stop talking, and we're going to move into body ministry time. I mean, the body ministering to the body time. Because I think it's important. If those two-word check-ins or any pulse on anything, then I imagine there's a whole lot of people in here also and watching online. Listen, if you're online, his power knows no bounds. So he is not constricted to a building or this people. If you're watching online, you are as much here as we are there, and so we just speak this same thing into your house, like the victory of heaven will invade your house. But this morning, this is what we're going to do. We're going to prophesy over each other. We're going to pray for each other, because I know there's some people in here that are feeling tired, and I know there's some people in here that are feeling exhausted, and I know there's some people in here that are getting over being, you know, sick and dragged through that yucky mud, right? And, I, and maybe there's some people in here feeling lonely, and maybe you're dealing with some, you know, depression or whatever, mental illness or something. Like, it's not something to be ashamed of. It's something to bring out in the open because things that are born in the dark thrive in the dark. 
But when you bring them out into the light, they just can't cope. They can't hang around. They don't have the same amount of power. And that was one of the greatest things that helped me, the presence of God and then bringing the truth to my community. So telling my wife how I was really feeling inside was one of the biggest breakthroughs. And then telling some of the people that were closest to me. And then I got to a point where I started speaking about it in our old school and speaking about it at our church. And I'll tell you this, that thing that was so strong in the dark, like it was a strong man and it had claws in my back, that thing that was so strong in the dark, all of a sudden was very puny in the light. It lost its power. Why? Because it never really was supposed to have power in my life. But when I lined myself back up with my strength, which is my God and my community, that thing had to just sit down and shut up, right? It was like cruise. Like I came around the corner and it was digging in the trash and it was like, oh, you know, <laughs> it had to sit down, right? <laughs> yeah. Because the more you spend time in the presence, the more you look like Jesus. And demons don't like being around you when you look like Jesus. You scare them. You, you scare hell. Like hell shakes. So this morning, like the, thing, the only thing I want to accomplish this morning is I want us to all march to the gates of hell and kick them open and scream in their faces and just watch them tremble. Because it's just time for the church to stand up and be who she is. A spotless bride. Like fully powerful. Commissioned to see heaven invade earth, and it's a full takeover. That's all it is. It's a takeover. It's not a takeover. It's a take back. It's always been ours. We walk in victory. So this is what I want to do. I want to start with this. If you're in here this morning, and you just, you feel like you've just gone through it, or you're going through it, or it's just one of those things, like you need strength, then I want you to be brave, and I want you to be vulnerable, and I want you to just stand up. I'm already standing up, so I broke the ice. There we go. Good. The other one is if, and there's no shame in this either. Like, this is a shame-free zone. So, like, the things that happen in hell don't get to happen here, right? So shame is a tool of the devil, and it just doesn't, it doesn't belong here. So there's nothing to be ashamed of. But if you've been dealing with fear around sickness, and or COVID or whatever or w any of the things that are going on and you deal with fear with that and it's something that grips you and something you feel like you can't shake then I want you to stand up also and it's okay it's okay it's, look everybody deals with stuff like this is just it's okay so don't feel I don't want people to be too shy to stand this morning like th thank you there's it's powerful when you stand it's not a sign of weakness it's a sign of power because we're standing up in the presence of our God and just telling the devil, like, bro, not bro, you're not my bro. <laughs> but, hey, you, you're ridiculous, and I'm not going to sit there and agree with you anymore. And so this, this morning, and, and if there's anybody else in there, I didn't mention anything that you're dealing with, but you, you're dealing with something, then go ahead and stand up too. Go for it. Oh, yeah, I mean, if you got a broken ankle or something, you know. <laughs> if you're riding a scooter into church. And you got a bell. <laughs> I heard that earlier and I laughed because you were trying to get through traffic here. Really funny. That's awesome. And it's got brakes and everything. You, I bet they saw you and they're like, hey, put brakes on this one. <laughs> she's, she's a wild one. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do body ministry. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to prophesy over each other. Listen to me. If, if um, this is the only rule I want to throw out, I'm not much for rules, but uh, for, for everybody here this morning, um, the prophetic culture that we are developing in this church is one 
of blessing. It is a positive prophetic culture. It is eyes to see the blessing that God is releasing over people's lives. It's, it's edification. It's building up. It's comforting. So when people get a word, they should feel like they just got a hug from Papa, right? And so this morning when you prophesy, I want you to do your best to stay out of the mire and the clay and the mud, right? Nobody needs to hear any of that. Uh, and, and press into, Father, what are you saying? What's the declaration of strength over their life? What is the truth over their life? What is the brilliance that you're speaking over them? What is the light? How can I partner with you and strengthen them? So that means positive prophetic words, building people up with, with strength, okay? So that's my only rule, no negative, right? Well, the Lord told me that you have a secret sin. Yeah, well... <laughs> There's the door. No, I'm just joking. I, I'm not kicking you out. Uh, that was a joke. So this is what we're going to do. Raise your hand if you're standing. Now you can be identified, so keep it up. Because when everybody else stands, guess what? You disappeared unless you keep your hand up. So these are the people that are standing. If you're sitting down, please find somebody. Go around them and ask them, what can I pray for you? And the only thing I ask of the people that are getting prayer is don't give us your um, whole entire life version of what's happening. Just just maybe the footnotes, and we're going to surround each other, so go for it, stand up, and uh, we're going to surround each other, and we're going to lay hands on each other, we're going to speak life into each other, we're going to speak strength into each other, we're going to pray God's perfect will over each other. This morning is a morning of strength and breakthrough. Second year students, you are uh, uh, deployed right now to prophesy over as many people as you possibly can. Unless you're getting prayer, then get prayer. So, Father, I thank you that you are present. Father, I thank you that you carry every breakthrough needed. And Father, I thank you that your breakthrough is happening right now.